Welcome back to The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. I am your host, Sheila Cummins, and today I'm interviewing a really interesting woman who is the founder and CEO of STEM Minds. Anu Badani is the founder and CEO of STEM Minds, a social enterprise that empowers youth to develop a love of learning through STEM, which stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math Education. Prior to starting STEM Minds, Anu worked as an executive at Scotiabank for 20 years, becoming their head of e-strategy and solutions. Anu is an award-winning entrepreneur who is passionate about empowering the next generation of global leaders and innovators. Anu has a bachelor's degree in computer science, an MBA from Dalhousie University, and has completed the High Potential Leadership Program from Harvard Business School. If you're looking for a little dose of inspiration and someone who has fully gone all in on following her passion, then this is an interview that you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. I always love a good corporate to entrepreneur success story. And my guest today, Anu, is no exception. I learned about STEM Minds when Anu was one of the CEO ventures that got funded in the last year. And ever since I read about her in that platform, I've been following her progress and reading about her and keeping track on her. And I just was so curious about your business journey, Anu, and how it is that, you know, how does this woman who spends 20 years in corporate at one of the top banks here in Canada, how is it that you then become to be running this thriving and fantastic company? Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Wonderful, Sheila. It's a pleasure to be on your show. So yeah, so I had a amazing career at Scotiabank for 20 years. I joined the the, the company as as a junior technology auditor (laughs) and had a great career. Every three to five years, I took on different roles in the in the company. And my last eight years were in capital markets, transforming technology on the trade floor for foreign exchange and precious metal. So I had a very rich career in terms of learning opportunities, experiences, and being very content, you know, how I grew in the organization. I also had the privilege in this journey in terms of interviewing a lot of young, you know, co-op students, intern, uh, intern candidates, and looking at skills they all had and how is, how excited they were to be part of a large organization. So and in comparison, when I was looking at my kids and my children, and now my, my older one's 18 and the younger one's 15, but at that time they were much younger. And I would compare the skill sets they had with what I was looking for as an employer. There was a huge disconnect. And, you know, my, my kids were just not building the STEM skills. And even for me as a woman in STEM who's always loved technology as an enabler, I did not see any skill building happening in my children. 
So in fall of 2015, I had the option of, you know, continuing a career in corporate or doing something different. So I opted to go into entrepreneurship to solve this challenge of talent build in my, in my kids, because I felt like if next, if in the next stage of my life, if there's something impactful I wanted to do, I wanted it to be for my family. And that was kind of the, the motivation to start exploring this whole talent issue and how to address it. And I don't know if you know this or not, but by 2030, there's an expectation of $8.5 trillion revenue loss in global economies because of talent shortage. So this problem, even though just started with me personally, with my kids, but it is a much bigger problem. And, you know, there's a lot of short term solutions that happen in the market, which are around supporting, you know, students in, in, in universities and colleges. But the interesting part is the problem does not lie in adulthood. It actually lies in childhood. And if you don't expose your children at the right age with the right skills and opportunities, they will never make those choices when they're in high school. So at this point of my career, when I was deciding whether to do corporate and entrepreneurship, my kids were the right age to be influenced. And this is my only window of opportunity that if I had to make a difference, it had to be now or never. And that was the the motivation and, and my inspiration to kind of, you know, jump from corporate to entrepreneurship and solve a problem that was very personal for me. Yeah. Did you know what you wanted this company to look like or you just knew that you wanted to integrate STEM into your son's worlds? I had no idea what... Right. STEM minds would actually look like. All I knew was I wanted to impact education. I wanted every child to feel welcome, regardless of the learning styles. My older son, you know, that in grade two was diagnosed with ADHD. So he had always struggled in building those, those op- building skills in, in the right environment. So for me, it was more than just my child. It was like, you know, I, the more I dug into it, I realized there were more parents like me. And it was almost like no one wanted to talk about it because you were always afraid as a parent, you know, how do I help my child when you know they're bright, they're brilliant, they've got all these things to give, but the world is not ready to accept it from their lens. And it was, it was heartbreaking at those early stages, but I knew I wanted to do something that wasn't just about building technical skills or, or saying, Hey, I have this accreditation. It was serving the child as a whole from giving them technical skills to building the self-confidence, building resilience, because to thrive in the world we're moving into, that was had to be a critical component to go alongside of technical skills. So for me, it was a lot about in my head. I knew these were all the things I needed to address, but I didn't know what shape or form it would take. But also, Sheila, like for me in my career, and I think that's been a blessing in disguise that I took so many different roles and I always built from the strength of what I knew and moved into areas of unknown means areas where I build new skills from scratch. So this journey was very comfortable for me. And I took the same lens saying, okay, I'm not in financial services. I'm in education, but it's the same journey. It's about knowing what you know well and how do you go into that unknown and build the knowledge, expertise, whatever you needed to get to the end game. So I went with the same mindset, applying into an education vertical, even though my strength and experience was always in the financial services vertical. Wow, that is a bold move. (laughs) You're leaving the security of a paycheck, security of job security, Mm -hmm. and you're stepping into the unknown and sort of trusting that you know, something's going to come to fruition. What did that first iteration of STEM minds look like? What was that first version? 
So it was scary. I, so I've always believed thinking big and bold. And I have learned not to let negative self-talk hold me back. (laughs) Even in your corporate career. Even in my corporate career, it's natural. Like, you know, when you go and do anything new, anything different, whether in corporate or entrepreneurship, that fear is always there. But the key is how much shelf space do you give to that fear? And I have always, always believed that the more I let fear consume me, the more I am going to justify why I shouldn't do something. The mindset is let the fear be there, but be bold to take that step and not worry about the end result. Because a lot of times, you know, you you always want to that sure bet that this will work, but not everything in life works. And then you take away those opportunities of experiences that would have be one of the most amazing things you went through, right? So it's all about a mindset. So for me, it was that mindset. My motivation was so much about my children that I was willing to take that risk. I was willing to jeopardize that that stability of paycheck, having that safety net of people around me who knew I was would be there to support me. And I suddenly find myself in this lonely space and no one to kind of <laughs> lean on. <laughs> but I knew the outcome would be great if I if I if I did achieve what I wanted to achieve. But as I explored the journey, I realized actually I wasn't alone. There was a lot of support and help available and I wasn't shy and leaning into it. So it made that transition a lot easier. And I did not know at that point what it would look like. In fact, when I decided I wanted to to explore this, I had done my homework. I knew it was a real opportunity. I could do something well with all the skills I had built. I actually ran a very small summer camp into in a Montessori school in, in our community. I did a cold call to the school and say, I want to run a camp. Do you mind if I borrow a class in summer? The owners of the school were great. And they said, oh, absolutely. Come and do that. And there I was. I'd launched my first summer camp with a handful of kids and children loved the experience that we brought into the camp. So from there, I actually moved into a co-working space in a makerspace, ran only two programs on a Saturday. And within a few months, like my program was bustling, people were looking for more of it. That, that, that little room I had was not enough to do what I had to do. And that was the moment I actually made my biggest bold move. And I said, I know this is going to work. I don't know exactly everything about it, but I know it's going to work. So I opted to take in a 3,500 square foot lease and build my innovation center. And yeah, it took me six months to get leasehold improvements in place, get all my loans in place. (laughs) And I launched my center in May of 2017. From there to where I am today has just been an amazing journey. Um, You know, I've not to say I haven't had my highs and lows. It's all been there. But when I look back, to what I was thinking about impacting my kids. And today, when my older son is in university looking at environment studies as his career of choice and his understanding of how technology can impact climate change and the opportunities out there, I've done my job. My younger one who's in high school, you know, he's part of the FRC robotics team. He is talking to me about cybersecurity as a career. I'm like, I've done my job. Because five years ago, that was not the conversation in the household. So I have made that difference. And in this journey, you know, we had a lot of young children who were like 10, 11 years old when they started working with us. And I have now been able to follow their path. And I've seen so many of them being so STEM aware and knowing what it means for them in their lives and making those choice. That's the biggest joy in my life. I feel not a paycheck in the world can give you that contentment. When it shows you how you've given these young kids a lifeline, which will serve them so well 
for the rest of their lives and being part of that little part of that story of their life just feels very meaningful. To me, and to me, that's what this brings me joy. And that's what I'd really, really enjoy. <laughs> but you know, it's interesting, Anu, is when you started it and there you are staring at this lease document where you're what? literally signing your life away. 3,500 square feet is not a cheap lease to take oh, on. You don't know that yet. Looking back, you now know. So, you know, I, I love what you said where you're like, well, you got to feel the fear and make the move anyway. And you trusted. You already had proof that there was some legs on this programming. What were some of the biggest challenges of securing a lease, getting loans, doing all of that? You know, you didn't have a long track record to pull from. Nope. No, what was that like? I have to say it was one of the most underestimated experience I went through. <laughs> you know, you think like getting loans from small as a small business would be easy. It wasn't. I had to give personal guarantees to get any loan at all. I couldn't get more than 30,000 line of credit for my business. It was a very small line of credit and that you can't run an entire business on a 30,000 line of credit. So it was like learning the financial part of it, of how do I get money? How do I build my company credit so that as I grow, I'm able to take advantage of it was a huge learning experience. Also recognizing at that point that there was a lot more in the market that I didn't understand. And, you know, I've always been hungry for learning. So that was a great opportunity for me to go say, okay, I'm going to learn something new, but how do I fund a business? You know, for me, so the it was a journey that I went through accumulating that knowledge, building that network and community that actually made it happen. So I made my, when I decided to launch my business, I had actually made my first call to York Small Business Enterprise Center. They support small businesses and getting them started. So I had spoken to a consultant about, hey, I'm pivoting from corporate to business. Where do I do? Where do I start? And I have to tell you, it was an amazing resource. They kicked me out. They gave me a lot of visibility in my community by, you know, showcasing me, profiling me, putting me in media. They gave me, you know, $5,000 small business grant. They connected me to leaders in the community and that network just opened doors for me. So even though when I signed the lease at that point, I didn't know where my business is going to go, but I knew I had a community that was going to grow with me, was going to help me go where I had to go. I was just, I was just so blessed with, with families who opened up their hearts, not only just bringing the kids to us, but giving referrals to their friends, bringing others to me on the table. And that's how we grew. It was friends telling friends, parents telling other friends. And that's how the community around us gave us the opportunity to succeed. And the York Small Business Enterprise Centers, you know, business consultants did a great job of amplifying, you know, my position. You know, I had joined the local chamber of commerce and I just started learning from there. And, you know, sometimes people don't realize a lot of these community hubs are powerful, not only for networking, but education. I learned all about government grants. I knew exactly where I had to go to look for grants for a small startup business. I looked for regional innovation centers and it was amazing. I, you know, as I went through my own business journey in, uh, in 2018, I decided I was going to scale up my business to an online learning platform because we were doing so well in person and everybody kept asking me, are you a franchise? How can we do everywhere else? And I wanted to do it in a cost effective way because building brick and mortar is very capital intensive. So scaling through a software was a much better strategy for me. And I was fortunate enough to get an innovation research and development grant, you know, which funded my platform, which allowed me to grow. And this, it was just a ripple effect from there. 
Because once you get into the system and once you take advantage of one opportunity, so many open after that, right? And this is how I started. And then, you know, I not only did I get support from York Small Business Enterprise Center, but I met a lot of regional innovation centers. So like Venture Lab, I was selected as part of Venture Lab Tech Undivided Program last year after I got selected in CEO. This year I was part of She Boot Invest Ottawa Program. And there were so many others that I was part of that continued to build my community, amplify my voice, give me a platform to tell my story. And all of that collectively made that difficult decision at that point, now looking back saying, well, I'm glad I did it. Because none of this would have happened if I hadn't taken that first leap of faith and trusting myself that I was smart enough to do this. And I just had to give myself the opportunity to try. And, you know, in, in, in this journey, family plays a very big part for me. I remember when the lease was in front of us and I had to take the step. We had a family conversation over dinner table with my husband and my kids. And I said, you realize, like, if we do this, we're going to be poor for a while. No more <laughs> vacations, no more buying all the presents. Like we'll have to be in a tight budget because this is a lot of big investment. And I had full support of my family. My kids never asked me for a single thing because they knew we were going to go on this journey as a family. Things were going to be maybe a little bit tough at times. And, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we did it. Because now when I look back, it's not that I get, not that I have a big paycheck right now either, Sheila, <laughs> but it is the contentment is so much stronger, which is what makes getting up every morning worth it. Right. And, and that's how I feel. So tell me about, you know, you talk, you started at the, to- at the top of our conversation talking about mindset. You know, when you tell the story, it sounds, you know, it's so easy and this happened and then this door opened and, you know, and I, I think that's amazing. And they can't always have been easy. Now tell me when, like, was there a time that you wanted to abandon ship? where you wanted to give up? Have you ever felt the need to go back to corporate? And how did you deal with that? So in every business, you always go through up and down. Even in a corporate career, you go to your good days and your bad days. So this journey has never been a straight line. It has had its ups and downs. It has had its bumps. And I've had my days where it literally being in tears because, you know, I, I and it's funny how nature plays. Sometimes all my contract cancellations would come the same week the same day. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like, is, is, is my niece nature telling me something, right? You, you go to those emotions. And I think for me, I definitely have had those highs and lows. I just want to be very clear that they've been there, but I've always been the type of person in my low. I go through my grieving process, but I bounce back and I bounce back with hope because at the end of the day, if I only let think negative things come in my head, I will never have the courage to try something different. And I think being in education has another added burden of being the role model. If I want children to be resilient, if I want them to try and take on risks, and if I don't do that, then I'm not being honest with them. So part of my motivation to always get up when I fell down was that, Anu, what would you expect your kids to do? You'd expect them to get up and try again. So why are you any different? Just because you're an adult doesn't give you a pass. You got to go through the same motion and got to go through the same experience. And that conversation about getting up every time you fall down, every time a contract fails, look for a new contract. Everything, something didn't work the way I wanted it to work is look for alternates. That experimentation has been very key to being where I am today. I have been through that journey where not that I have thought about quitting, 
I've, I have thought through that process about am I in the right, am I doing this the right way? Could I be doing it differently? But it was never about quitting. It was, do I need to pivot this business differently to make it happen? Or what am I missing in this? So I have always taken the lens of that root cause analysis about, okay, why is this thing not working and understanding it and then finding solutions in it and moving on. I have never kept myself in that low lull moment for too long. I've never done that. And I've always, you know, I, I have this nature when I feel those moments. For me, venting is really key. <laughs> leaning in on family and friends and my supporters is very key. And I find once I'm able to vent it out, rationalize it that it's okay, it's easy to move on, right? And for every person, Sheila, that's a different experience. And you all, we all have to find our own process of grieving and moving on, whatever it may be. And that's what I do. For me, I need to talk through it. I need to rationalize it and then move on and never look back. Mm-hmm. And that's what I do. I've never looked back on my failures as Oh my God, the worst failure ever. I've taken it as a learning opportunity that I went through. I figured it out and I move forward. And that's why in my story, I never talk a lot about negative stuff because it's how much shelf space do I want to give to failures? Because it was never a failure. I would have never known what it was if I didn't try it. So for me, it's looking at those moments where things are not working your way as an opportunity to embrace it as a learning opportunity, learn from it and move on. And I find for me mentally that works a lot better. And I feel like I am setting the right example for my kids as well, that if things don't work out the way you want them, you don't put yourself in that negative space forever. You go through it and then just move on. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. There's so much truth in what you're saying. And I hope that people that are listening are sort of hearing that it is really a choice that you've made. You know, it's not a failure. Okay, this didn't work. What do I need to learn from that? How am I going to be different? How am I going to do different? Brush off the knees, wipe off the dust, and yeah. away you go. And you're not the only one in your company. You've been able to grow it. I know that you were the one that was teaching right at the beginning. No, I wasn't. Oh, you didn't? No, no. I was so I did coaching on, you know, first robotics team and stuff, but I always hired teachers. And part of it, yeah, because of my, my whole mindset was all about I have certain areas of strength. I can't be good at everything. I was good in terms of strategy, vision, ideation, how to take ideas and make it happen. But I never knew how to actually teach in a classroom. And I don't think it would have ever been fair for me to say that I can be a better teacher when I've never been a teacher. So I actually hired teachers right out of university. My first group of teachers that I hired were all BA graduates from UIT. They were all hungry to impact education. It wasn't for them about taking the job in the school board. It was all about, I want to be able to take education to a new height. And when they heard my vision and and what I wanted to in the business, they were as hungry as I am to impact education. So collectively, we I've always built a complementary team where I bring one strength, but they all bring equal strength to the table. And because they were hungry for learning, they were hungry for impact. We all became that hungry team <laughs> that was ready to embrace opportunities as they came, be creative with it. And I have to say, it's a privilege that my core team that started with me is still with me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it hasn't been about the money. It hasn't been about, you know, titles. It has all been about pure passion for helping children be their best and being part of that journey and being grateful to, to have that privilege of supporting children and seeing them grow. And so for that first summer camp cohort, then, you know, you hired before you had revenue. Yeah. 
hello, that's a little bit scary. Is that where you took some of your investment and put it into your people? I did. And, you know, for me, you know, it's, it's, business is simple, is a very simple mathematics. So what you earn, you got to take your expenses out of it and hopefully have some profit left at the end for reinvesting back in the business. So the price of the summer camps were well priced that if I hired somebody, it would pay off the salaries and, you know, it would move on to the next level. Yes. And I did have to put some initial money down because I had to buy the equipment and all of those things. But for me, the risk was 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 calculated. It, I knew that if I put this man money in, I would very quickly know if this was going to work or not. And that risk was worth it. So it was quantifiable. It was manageable. And yes, I knew at that point that if I was able to do my first pilot right and the people that I brought in, that they will continue to be with me because they were all excited with the vision where I wanted to take the business. So after the summer camp finished, they all stayed with me. So it was actually fun because then they work with me on Saturdays and we end as we grew to more days, more programs. And then by the time we opened up our learning center, it was like a full blown model by then. Because by 2019, we were every fall, winter, spring is how we divided our program. We were in over 30 schools doing lunch and after school programs. We were running our own program in our facility. So it was a very full fledged, you know, 10 hours a day, busy business during the day. And my team was super excited about it because not only did they get to learn new technologies, new content and teach the students, so personal professional development was great, but also the empowerment to teach the way children should be taught. And I gave them that baton because I personally did not know how to do it. And I said, here's a baton. I want these kids to feel welcome. I want them to be heard. So I gave them more of a philosophical perspective as a parent, how I felt and how, you know, from an employer, how I felt. That's the lens I bought. And I trusted the lens of education. And then together we were able to create some amazing program and contents uh, that we're offering today. I mean, we started with, you know, two programs on Saturday and today we've got over 40 programs spanning across different streams of coding, digital and uh, digital art and media, entrepreneurship, video game design, advanced STEM content like, you know, AI, machine learning and esports, like all of this we built together, right? So it's pretty exciting now when we look back and say, okay, look, we started with two courses and now we've got this amazing collection, which is awesome because also tells you how children are ready to learn different things, right? So, yeah. And you're meeting them where they are, you know, you're evolving and introducing new concepts and new courses as the need arises in our fast changing world. That's amazing. I've got two more questions and I'm going to let yes. you go. The first question is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you started? I think one of the biggest lessons learned for me was patience. I was so used to getting things started and done because I felt like I had, I could always do that. Running my own business, I have learned the hard way that things always don't work the way you expect it to your pace. And that was a big lesson for me because sometimes things were taking so long to happen and I took that as a negative. I took that as a failure. It's just that building those relationships, nurturing those relationships just needed time. And and I was impatient early on as I was going through that journey. And then as I got into it and more matured in the business, I got more comfortable with it. 
But I wish in those early days, I was more patient in letting things take its time and not jumping to conclusions very quickly or closing off ideas very quickly just because when the month hasn't happened, <laughs> I've got to change it. No, I now give myself, you know, good three to six months to, to vet and validate ideas before I shut them off. But I think being in business, you really do have to be patient because not everything is in your control and you are relying on others to kind of work with you and whether it be children, whether it be schools, so that that being more patient is is a very big attribute. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think you're right. I think we live in a a society that rewards impulsive behavior and, you know, people want a result right away to the point of ordering something on Amazon and wanting it delivered in the same day. You know, I mean, that was unheard of even three years ago, but, you know, that instant gratification society is where we are. And I love what you're saying when you say, you know, I give it three to six months to validate an idea. Can you tell us a little bit about how you validate the idea? Early days, what I was finding was, you know, social media sometimes can be a very scary place. I would hear all of the social media about how great all these businesses were doing. And I would sit at myself and say, well, I'm putting equal effort, but I'm not seeing the same results as there. So the self-doubt kicked in and, and it was like, okay, well, maybe I'm not good at this thing. Let's shift to something else. So the way I started validating is like I, I, I now actually have my growth strategies. I say, why am I doing this? So my intent is very clear. What I'd, I'm going to achieve from a strategy. And what I now do is I have an in, entry and an exit criteria. When will I come in? When will I go out? And how will I measure it? And if those things don't work the way as I expected, then it's a, it's an experiment that was well intended, didn't work. Just move on to something else. So I have a very targeted framework that I now work with where every strategy does need to fit into why am I doing it? What do I intend to get out of it rather than a more, oh, I think it's a good one to do. So I've started rationalizing my, my, my strategies in a more structured framework. And I've had to do that because ed tech is considered a very crowded space. So there's a lot of competition, a lot of companies in it. And how do you differentiate from your, from everybody else? And how do you go after the same market share is an entrepreneurial <laughs> challenge on its own. So to address that challenge, like, you know, I, I think with the different strategies in mind now, and I use them for validation. Fantastic. I love it. Okay, final question. What's next for STEM Minds? So I'm super excited about the place we are right now in the sense that we've got a really good community-based business that's solid, runs really well. We have now our online learning platform and virtual live classes offering very stable Lots of content. So for STEM us now, it is about being bold, continuing to be being bold and going global. So right now I'm exploring markets in Asia. So we're, we actually just launched a pilot in India that I'm super excited about. Oh, wow. And I'll be sharing that soon. Um, I'll, I'll make some announcements as they get a little bit more formalized. I'm looking into markets in Singapore and Philippines right now. I'm part of the trade mission that CEO and Asia Pacific, uh, Pacific Foundation of Canada is hosting for Australia and New Zealand. So I'm part of that trade mission as well, looking for partnerships. So I am in that really exciting place where STEM, which is a universal language, no matter which country you are in, you need it. We all need it from a talent shortage perspective at a global scale and level. So for me, it's about taking what we've built so well and scaling it to a global market. 
and continuing to impact education. You know, I really, I, I really so much from the bottom of my heart want to service children who would have never been given the opportunity to look at STEM as part of a basic literacy. That's what needs to be. It's not for the elite. It's not just because you have money, you can do it. Everyone should have access to it. And being a B Corp certified business, that social impact is very core to my heart. So my goal over the next little while is to take what we've built and figure strategies of entering into new markets and continuing to service children who generally are left behind or don't get equal opportunity to, to, to learn and build the skills. And that's the exciting part of where the next level of the next story of STEM Minds will go. Well, listen, I know that the listeners are going to want to be following you and connecting with you and most likely enrolling their kids in your programs. Where can we find you? How should we connect with you? Well, the best is our website, www.stemminds.com. You can always send us an email at info at stemminds.com as well. We are very responsive and love to talk to families to see how we can help your children, because this is its not as much as about enroll in my program, but how can we help your children be their best? And that comes from a dialogue. And we're always happy to have those discussions with parents, but more importantly, with children, because they know what they want. And if we can amplify their voices and, and, and make choices, help them make choices, that's our win. That's amazing. Anu, thank you so much for your wisdom and sharing so openly and for all the truth bombs that you dropped today, there's so much learning. Thank you for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sheila, for hosting me. And I truly appreciate this, to telling the story and hopefully inspiring others who may be sitting on a fence deciding, should I, should I? Should I, shouldn't I? Be <laughs> bold and without consequences, go for it. Feel the fear and take the move anyway. That's right. Thanks. Very well said. Thank, Thank you, Anu. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout-out on an upcoming episode, and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to 7 Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.